before we get started today, I have two requests of you. My 2024 calendar is booking quickly, and I would love to include you or your organization. So if you or anyone that you know is booking for keynotes or looking for a team trainer that can up-level your communication, effectiveness, results, and relationships, reach out today. I would love to connect with you and see if we could be a good fit to work together in 2024. Secondly, it is roll call for NextGen Equine Vet Med 2024. If you are or know any undergrad student who is interested in pursuing careers in or around equine veterinary medicine, listen up. We want to get you registered today for one of the five location options for NextGen Equine Vet Med 2024, Nebraska, Georgia, Texas, Kentucky, or West Virginia, this is open to all undergraduate students. So head over to my website at www.jodyspeakslife.com to get registered today. And industry, if you are not part of Next Gen Equine Vet Med yet, let me know and we will get you partnered up. So with that, let's get on with the show. Hey friend. Welcome to the Thriving Equine Professional. Are you wondering how to make connections to build a career in the equine industry? Not sure where to look for the support you'll need to land a dream job? Maybe you're feeling frustrated or stuck. Hey, I'm Jody. I was that girl with no clue how to navigate landing a great career in animal health, but I knew this is where I wanted to be. I look back and cannot believe the roles I've landed and the people I call friends. Inside this podcast, you will meet key connections, build your career confidence, and find the advice you may not know you need. So if you're ready to grow your career and thrive in a job that you are passionate about, you're in the right place. Get the ponies fed and fill those water buckets. It's time to grow, girl. Happy Thursday, Thrivers. We are back here for the final three episodes of 2023. There are only two Thursdays remaining after today. So today we are here for a quick checklist and check-in on your self-awareness. Yes, I said you. So we are going to run through a little exercise on your self-awareness. And you say, Jody, why are we doing that today? Well, a couple reasons. First, I thought as we head into the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, you can perhaps put this to practice with your family. And that could be fun, maybe for some of us. Um, But also, I just recently read that communication is the top demanded skill across all job openings. So all job openings, period, regardless of industry, etc. Now, for many of us, this does not come as a surprise. Communication. We know we have to communicate. We have to be better communicators. Many of us think we are better communicators than we truly are. And so that in and of itself is a part of self-awareness. However, the second piece of the information in that article were the next four fastest growing in-demand skills since November of 2022. This information came from LinkedIn. 
and we are talking about flexibility, professional ethics, social perceptiveness, and self-management. Now there's a list that I wrote down. We can all refer to communication. Check. We got that. We know we need to work on that. If you have listened to me for very long, you know that I like to redefine communication as human connection. So I am really on an effort to drive the human connection back to the standard of excellence that we have held academic, technical, and clinical skills. We have to bring our communication, therefore our human connection skills, back up to a priority in order us, in order for us to really be not only empowered, but truly fulfilled in what we do in work, across our lives, in all the roles that we play. So yes, communication is important, but how about those fastest growing in-demand job skills currently? Flexibility, professional ethics, social perceptiveness, and self-management. My friends, this is all part of self-awareness. There was just a huge light bulb for me in all of the training that I have been doing recently and speaking to groups and vet clinics and organizations that I put a great deal of emphasis on self-awareness through the DISC model. And I believe that the DISC behavioral assessment and that model provides us with a working framework to really become more self-aware and therefore empowered to lead from exactly where we are, no matter where we are. So let's dig into the self-awareness and that discovery. If we break the DISC model down, you will fall into one of four categories, the D, the I, the S, or the C. And so do we have a dominance personality or behavioral style, an influencing behavioral style, a steadiness behavioral style, or a conscientious behavioral style. So I'll give you just a couple of words. Obviously, I spend a great deal of time digging into this, working with individuals and organizations to go through the assessment, learn and utilize the assessment in order to become more self-aware, more effective, better, stronger communicators. So the first, the D or the dominance behavioral style is really identified as being active, So are you more active than reflective? Some people will say active or thoughtful. I use reflective here to say if you are more active and secondarily, you are more skeptical than accepting. So are you active and skeptical? You likely fall into a stronger dominance behavioral style where you are focused on results, winning, taking charge. If then we move on to the I or the influencing behavioral style, you demonstrate a behavioral style that is more active and accepting. So you are also more active than reflective, but you are more accepting than you are skeptical. So if you are an influencer style, you are active and accepting 
And our focus is on enthusiasm, socialization, sharing ideas. And that would be a summary of the influencer behavioral style. Not to worry, there are two left if you haven't heard yours yet. The steadiness, the S behavioral style, is one that is considered reflective and accepting. So now we are into being more reflective than active and more accepting than skeptical as a steadiness behavioral style where we see you being a very supportive and collaborative team member or participant in the group. And then finally, the fourth behavioral style is our C or our conscientious team member. And this is someone who is more reflective and skeptical. So this is someone who is reflective versus active and skeptical versus accepting. So if you relate most to those two descriptors and you are interested oftentimes in the data, in the analysis, having correct data and you value expertise, this is very distributive and demonstrative of the conscientiousness behavioral style. I run through those very quickly just because I think that it's important to have some sort of framework as we talk about the steps of self-awareness. And in my mind, if we are going to become more self-aware, we are committed to learning, growing, and developing in order to become our best self. My job, my objective here is to inspire you to become your best self, to learn, to grow, and develop, and ultimately to empower you with the skills you need to lead from exactly where you are. When you are a leader from exactly where you are, you are living, inspired, fulfilled, and empowered. You are finding that balance. You are contributing. You're finding meaning in the work that you do. You are building productive and rewarding relationships, connections, and friendships. You have relevance and influence in who you are personally and professionally. So before we get into what I'll call kind of the five steps of focusing on self-awareness, I'll tell you a little bit of a story. Uh, Many of you who know me already know that if we talk about the DISC behavioral style, that I am a strongly inclined D. And so I have D, I have a little bit of I as well in my behavioral style, And that's just getting a little bit deeper. But we will focus today simply on the fact that I am a D, a dominant style. I am active. I am skeptical. I am focused on taking charge, having results, and winning. Big shocker for anyone who has ever spent any time around me. I know. But I will tell you this story of when I first started with Zoetis and I was calling on a customer Uh, who was a resident veterinarian at a well-known farm in central Kentucky. And I came bounding, I mean, think Tigger style, that tends to be how I move. I came bounding into his office and started to introduce myself and realized probably 35 seconds in, which was 34 seconds too late, that I was scaring him. And that realization came 
from having a little bit of self-awareness, but not nearly enough self-awareness. So however long ago that was, at least, you know, 10 or 11 years ago, that that was really one of the key moments for me in deciding that I needed to develop greater self-awareness. And if I were to have some idea of how I was being perceived as I walked in the door and took over the room, that I would have thought about my approach a little bit more. And this is where learning, growing, and developing focused on our own self-awareness is really valuable in the long run. I did go on to be successful with that veterinarian and with that account ultimately, but I will tell you that after that day, I spent time before I ever got out of my truck then calling on that account where I would literally take a deep breath, breathe in, breathe out. I would lower my voice and put my hands down by my side so that I was calmer in my approach. And I felt that I was being more adaptive and versatile to the conversation that I was about to have with this person, this veterinarian, who was not similar in style behaviorally to me. And so I really professionally could say to myself, calm down, Jody, take a breath and adapt to the environment that you are stepping into. And that's being done out of respect. And it's being done because I am self-aware of how I come across to people. Now, I am not recommending that we dial ourselves down or dial ourselves up for the whole world. That That's not what we're recommending here. I want to be truly and authentically me all the time, but I can also be a professional who knows that the job at hand requires me to be authentic and versatile. So if I can be authentically me, I am a professional salesperson, and I am calling on this veterinarian to bring him value and to provide insights and information that will help him and the horses that he's taken care of. So I give that story, I tell that story often, and that veterinarian and I can still joke about that because I use that example as a real shining example of a pivotal moment for me that could have been a failure. And quite frankly, it was, right? I, I failed at that sales call, but it's it's only a failure when I can look back and say how much I learned through that experience. So there's your example of, of Jody being a little bit too much for some and acknowledging that, especially in a professional setting and being able to kind of come back, learn and grow and reapproach that same person or group of people or whatever the case may be so that I can then gain credibility and trust from the people that I am working with and calling on. So with that said, we talked about the behavioral styles, which I believe is step number one in a self-awareness assessment. 
And so understanding your own behavior and communication style, how do you listen? How do you speak? You can gain a great deal of insight from taking one of those assessments. So if you do want more information on that, you can certainly feel free to reach out to me via email or through my website at jodyspeakslife.com. And that's step number one. Once you have that information, it really makes these remaining four steps much simpler. But even if not, if you are willing to acknowledge the basic communication style or behavior style that you have, then you can move on to say, and I call this learning and acknowledging your own strengths and struggles. You will hardly ever find me using the term weaknesses. I believe that is a bit of an antiquated term. And when we focus on our struggles and there's a great deal of data out there that when we are focused, people focused within our organizations and within our teams, that we are really leveraging people's strengths. We are all going to have some struggles. We are gonna have development opportunities, but I don't think that we need to call them our weaknesses. I think that we need to be in a situation where we can acknowledge what our struggles are so that we can decide if they are struggles that need to be supported by another one, another person who has that strength, or do we need to work on them as a development opportunity? So number two, learn and acknowledge your strengths and your struggles. What are they? I know that my strength is taking charge, being willing to be a leader. I also know that that can be one of my struggles. And so sometimes they are one in the same. We have to dig a little bit deeper. What's our objective in what we're doing? What's the group that we're in? What's the role that I play? And how can I bring my strengths and my struggles to the table. Number three, manage your emotions. I'll say it again louder for the people in the back. Manage your emotions. One of those people people in the back is often me. I am emotional and I choose to use the word most often passionate. I am passionate. And so sometimes when that passion uh, falls over the cliff and becomes emotion, we have to be able to manage our emotion. There are many of us out here, I can think of guests that I've had already on the show, I can think of people who I am very close with, that we are are all going to chuckle about this part of our self-awareness a little bit. It is an evolution. We want your passion, but we also have to help one another through the fact that when passion becomes emotion that affects the people around us and affects the people we are working with, that it can become a part of our struggle. We want to manage our passions and our behaviors in a response versus a reaction. Can we respond to conflict? Can we respond to conversations with people who we struggle with? Can we respond to challenges? Can we respond to an overwhelming to-do list from someone who doesn't seem that busy? Whatever the case may be, we have to be able to respond productively rather than react emotionally. So that's number three, and it is huge. There are books written about emotional intelligence. I like to get the Harvard Business Review, the HBR uh, summary of articles, and I have that book 
the most recent book on emotional intelligence, it is a critical element to self-awareness. So I encourage you to manage your emotions, to think about if you are a responder or a reactor and how you can continue to work on that. Number four, learn and practice empathy. Learn and practice empathy. The art of putting ourselves in another person's shoes, essentially. So if we are able to work with, for, and around other people, we are going to, at a minimum, be surrounded by, in today's structure of DISC, three other behavioral styles that are different than we are. And so they have different priorities. They have different characteristics. They have different struggles and strengths and limitations. And these are the reasons why when we grow our emotional intelligence and learn and practice empathy with others, that we are able to, again, build our strength of leading from where we are. We will become a credible, relevant influencer in our workplace, in our team, in our entire life when we are able to listen. I think the the key um, ingredient of empathy is listening. So can we learn and practice greater empathy by considering the position, the thoughts of another person and listening well enough to hear them, even if we are not thinking like them. So that's number four. And number five brings it all together. We have walked through self-awareness. Number one, understand your own communication and behavioral style. Number two, learn and acknowledge your strengths and struggles. Number three, manage your emotions to be a responder, not a reactor. Number four, learn and practice empathy. Put yourself in the shoes of others. And number five, the final step in our self-awareness assessment is to seek feedback. It all comes back to the human connection in my world. We want to find the people who are our mentors and champions, and we want their feedback. Can you help me understand DISC? Can you help me understand my behavioral style as a D versus these other behavioral styles and how I can become a stronger professional? how I can become more productive, credible, and trustworthy in what I do and who I am. Seek that feedback. Ask them what they see as your strengths and your struggles. Ask them how they feel you respond to challenge and conflict. Do you respond or do you react? Ask them if they feel that you are an empathetic person that you are able to listen to others and respond accordingly. These are the ways that we will grow our self-awareness and contribute with meaning to what we are called to do and who we are called to serve. 
people crave connections and I am on a mission to get back to the human connection and plug it back in. It is what will make the difference in your life. It is what it will make the difference in my life. People crave the connection of others. And I know that when you are focusing on growing your career and becoming stronger and brighter and smarter in who you are and what you do, that you will be a greater contributor. I want to inspire you to learn to grow and develop in these ways and empower you to lead from exactly where you are. No matter what your behavioral style is, we can all acknowledge that and become more self-aware so that we are finding greater satisfaction and fulfillment in who you are. So back to the beginning We said communication is the top demanded skill across all job postings, across all industries. Flexibility, professional ethics, social perceptiveness, and self-management are the fastest growing in-demand skills since November of 2022. They all fall into our ability to become more self-aware. So I challenge you today, you might want to listen back through this if you weren't able to take notes, identify your behavioral style, walk through steps one through five, and when you get to five, seek quality feedback. If you've got questions, if you've got comments, if you want to dig in deeper to the DISC behavioral style assessment, let me know. I am happy to do that. And don't forget, the holidays might just be the perfect time to practice your own self-awareness with your family. But don't say I didn't warn you. Have fun. Enjoy the holidays with the people and the fur kids that you love most. With that, I will see you back here same time next week. Happy Thursday, Thrivers. Hey, Thriver. I hope this episode inspired and empowered you to keep growing. If so, I'd be so grateful if you hit that share button and send it to your tribe so they can thrive too. And while you're there, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts so everyone can find the show. I love to know what keeps you listening, especially if I'm at the barn with you. I'll meet you back here same time next week. Cheers, Jody.